0: But they all I to begin them. to make excuses and to beg off. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I have to go out and see it. I beg you, have me excused. First off, who buys a piece of land without going to see it? Hello. In another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to examine and put my approval on them. I beg you, have me excused. <laughs> also, who buys five yoke of oxen without first examining and putting approval on them? And another said, I have married a wife, and because of this, I am unable to come. It's amazing to me how many people turn away from the things of God once they get married
1: Come on, say that. You know, a lot
0: of people they come to church and stay connected to the kingdom of God really just because they're looking for a spouse and then the moment they get one they're nowhere to be found. Mm.
1: It's <laughs> the
0: absolute truth.
1: <laughs>
0: and then when they get in trouble, you don't have to just fix one person, you gotta fix two. Amen. <laughs> So the servant came and reported these answers to his master. Then the master of the house said in wrath to his servant, Go quickly into the great streets and the small streets of the city and bring in here the poor, the disabled, the blind, and the lame. And the servant returning said, Sir, what you have commanded me to do has been done, and yet there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, And urge, constrain them to yield and come in so that my house may be filled. Say yield. 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 Everyone in here, you're called to yield. And when you yield and come in, your house will be filled. The reason most people in the church do not have a full house. I'm not talking about people in the house. I'm talking about your house. the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the house. And the reason most people's house isn't filled with God is because they don't yield. They don't surrender. He said, for I tell you, not one of those who were invited shall taste my supper. I want to have uh, Tim come up here. This is my buddy Tim. When did you come in the house? 2019? What was it, like May? Come up people. This is my buddy Tim. Uh, came into Heritage House May of 2019. And uh, I just think this is a perfect... Uh, transition. I'm going to have him share for a moment because a lot of people have been invited into the house of God. They just all have excuses. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tim is a guy who he'll share with you at one point in his life, had excuses, but didn't have them this time around. And uh, the Lord radically changed his life when he came to our program. And uh, the Lord's done great things in his life. So I just want you to take a few minutes, man, share what's on your heart and give the people heaven. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Give him a hand. Amen.
2: Amen. Hey, it's uh, good to be with you tonight uh, I'm here with my family Amen, Amen.
1: Uh, These guys
2: were put in my life uh, and To leave me uh, I had to humble up I was a business owner Grew up in the church, called it 10 And ran like heck Okay. Uh, I said I'd never come to Minnesota I'm from Miami, Florida Why in the heck would I come to Minnesota
1: uh,
2: It's cold. Amen yeah. You gotta talk to me because I like to talk Alright All right? So, uh, we, we, I know it's not dead here because I felt the spirit of God here. Okay. And worship. I felt the presence of God. All right. Amen. Amen. Uh, and if we don't, if we come into a place that don't have the presence of God. We bring it with us. Amen. Amen. Uh, I can have revival. Just draw a circle around me and the fire. Amen. And you can have that tonight too. We throw of your heart and ears to what my brother's going to bring to you tonight. What the Holy Spirit is going to speak through. But I thought it was interesting. Uh, as he's talking about the banquet table uh, I came to the banquet table Amen How many of you know you, show, you don't have to get cleaned up To come to the banquet table You know the ones that had jobs The ones that were already had their life together Quote unquote Notice they didn't show up Remember it's the ones That the world kicked to the curb The homeless, the broke down The people that were desperate Those are the people who answered the call so if you find your place in a situation tonight, maybe you hit a broad block wall, maybe you quit listening to God you're here by divine appointment tonight amen you're here by divine appointment you've answered the call the Lord invites you to the banquet table to come as you are so whatever religious devil told you you had to figure it all out before you come don't listen to that Jesus begs you to come That's what I did. I came broke down, busted and disgusted.
1: Family left. I had an electrical contracting business. I know what it is to
2: make money. I had money. How do you know, money isn't everything. And I ran and I ran and I ran and my friend who is from the area, Scott Willis, hooked me up with these guys. And I came in and I was broke down. But I want to tell you something. Here's what these guys do. They don't bring you into their system. Put you on drugs to get you off drugs. They bring you in. They love you to health. They invite you. Actually, they help you to the banquet table. And they introduce you to this wonderful counselor.
1: Called the Holy Ghost. And
2: that's what resurrected my identity. And my outlook on who I am in Christ. Because what I learned is, I know who my source is. It's not in my money, it's not in my wife, my kids, my position, it's in Him. And everything else becomes a resource. So in this process, the fire of God consumed me. I've got more pastors in my family than horses in Kentucky. You understand? I was the dude that ran. Well, he caught me. How many, how many know you can't outrun God? You can't outrun God. He caught me. And I'm telling you something. <laughs> Man, he caught me. I want to tell you something. My life has been radically changed. If you're in this house tonight and you're like, ugh. I'm stuck. That's all great talk. Listen, man. What I'm telling you is not out of a book. It's out of my book, yes, out of yes. my life. I don't even I don't get a merit badge. You know, I've been clean three years, two years. I'm, who's can't Who's counting? Come on. Right. You don't get a merit badge to obey God. Come on. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? I'm over celebrate recovery back in Minnesota. That's what I said. We there is no higher power. It's called the Holy Ghost. Right. Yeah. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. That will lead you to the place that he's called you to be. Everyone in this room is called to do something for the kingdom of God. Did you know that the hour is near? It's urgent. Come on. Can I share?
1: Yeah.
2: I have a hook and call me out because when we talk about Jesus, I just get excited. Awesome. <laughs> so I thought it was very unique that there was so much stuff going through my, my spirit about Jesus. Uh, things that uh, the Lord has been speaking to me while I've been here. And one of the things I parked on was uh, in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, it says, And do this understanding the present time. Do you understand the present time you're in right now? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Check this out. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because your salvation is nearer than we first believed. Hey, yes. the hour is near. And so that's where I found myself. The hour was near. I, I, I had nowhere else to look but up. And in that process, man, I'm telling you, my whole life radically changed. Radically changed. My, I'm telling you, everything that the devil stole, I'm getting back still and with interest. Amen. Everything. It's not over till he says it's over. There's hope. There is absolute hope. If you will submit and surrender and press it, listen, you ain't got it, listen to me. You don't have to be on drugs to have an issue, hello? You don't have to be stuck. I had a a meeting with all the campus pastors back home. The stigma is that, oh, celebrate recovery.
1: It's about drugs, about
2: Let Nobody see me going. Listen, the church is swinging doors with all that garbage going on. They just walk full of pride, they don't want nobody to know and that's how the enemy keeps tormenting you and keeping you stuck right, it's all kind of stuff, so I just tell you man, I've been radically changed God's doing great things in my life uh, I've walked away from money to serve God I'm pretty much doing stuff home back home, full time, kind of like uh, more, more of ministry stuff because my burden is strong for souls.
1: Amen.
2: For souls. You gotta give back what God gives you, right? That's right. That's why I'm here. I'm honored to even be here with my guy, you know what I mean? These guys, Phil was one of he was my I call him my house
1: daddy.
2: <laughs> He's my house daddy. and my baby. Yes sir. And uh, Josh, i Cody, man. He was listen, me and him that's my boy, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm gonna tell you something, man. I came to the banquet table, listen. The only difference between me and some of these folks in this room tonight is by going there, they disciple me. Everybody, to say disciple. disciple. If you're not being disciple, you need to find somebody who's full of the Holy Ghost that will walk with you on. On, this church, on this journey. Amen. Yes. You need to be disciple. I'm still being disciple. Yes. Right? Yes. Discipleship. Change me. Amen. Yes. Change me. I forgot what I was going to say, so I guess I'm good to shut up. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man, listen, press into whatever. Man, when he's bringing is real. Yes. It, it's because it's the Holy Ghost. Yes. And that's what sets you free, man. And you don't have to leave here. You don't have to leave here the same as you came in. We're not here to punch a time clock. Listen, that's a long ride here, by the way. I told him we need to believe for a helicopter out of here. <laughs> hey, and so I just believe tonight if you'll come to the banquet table, just like he did for me, you know, God don't have favorites. Amen. If you'll come to the banquet table tonight and you make up your mind to turn your back and turn and go toward what he's got for you, I promise you your whole world will change. Amen. Thank you for having us tonight. Amen.
0: See, you're, you're being invited to a table tonight. Yes. The banquet table of the Lord.
1: Yes.
0: <clears throat> Jesus said in the book of Revelation chapter 3, you know, it's the last church that Jesus addresses in the Bible. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've used that as like an evangelism thing. Billy Graham, you know, someone like that. Get up. Hey, you can feel the Lord knocking on the door of your heart. Let him in. Sinners, right? But that's not what that scripture was saying. It, it, Jesus was saying, hey, I, I'm not being let in my own church. And I'm knocking on the door and I need in. Yeah. And the Bible says, Jesus said, if you'll let me in, I will come in and dine with you. I'll eat a meal with you. All my all world people, thank you for coming tonight. God bless you, guys. How far was your drive? 40 minutes? 40 minutes? Thank you for coming. <laughs> Come and eat. Listen to this. Jesus continues after that story, verse 25. Now, huge crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Now, think about this. That's like if we're in this meeting right now, and this meeting explodes to 500 people, and I choose to go back to Walton." When you guys choose to follow me. And I got a big crowd of people. And I turn around and look at you. And this is my response after we just had a revival. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother. And yeah. in in, I love the Amplified. It says, in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God. Now, if you're a Christian, you're not called to hate your family. Amen. Amen? But there should be a noticeable difference that people know he loves God way more than he loves his family. Amen. I, know, I knew I'd get three amens on that. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus already said, when I invited them in, they all made excuses.
1: Yeah.
0: I got family stuff, brother. we got family stuff to do. My kids graduate in third grade. It's like, what do they get, a certificate? (laughs) No, the the reason I, you know, would I go to my kids' third grade graduation? I would. But let me tell you something. There's going to be something that comes up every day of your life. That's
1: right. Come on. That has
0: the ability to take the place of what God has called you to do. You want to know something that I've realized? God wants to build something in His kingdom, and He can't because everyone else has other jobs to do. Anybody in here ever work construction? Who still works construction? Okay, let me ask you a question. Is it hard to find people to work? Yeah, Yeah, I'll be at work tomorrow, and then they don't show up. No one shows up. How do I know? Because my dad is a business owner, and he does construction, and people don't show up to work. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. God is trying to build something but no one wants to show up because, hey, i got family wow. affairs. Yeah. Wow. I just got married. I just bought a piece of land. Let me tell you something. In life, things are always going to be increasing. Right. Things are always going to be growing. Your kids don't get younger. They get older.
1: Yeah.
0: They, they, they develop more talents and gifts and things that they can go do. And yet, you know, I know people. I know a guy that got radically changed in this meeting. Not in this meeting, but in this room. Massive drug addiction, couldn't get clean for decades. Totally delivered, and now today he doesn't even go to church because his kids got too much travel baseball. Maybe the people in Walt will enjoy this message more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if anyone comes
0: to me and does not hate his own father and mother. In the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God. And likewise, his wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You can't. can't be a disciple. And someone's alarm that says my discipleship's
1: over. <laughs> 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 Verse twenty-seven:
0: Whoever does not persevere and carry his own cross and come after and follow me cannot be my disciple. And then he goes into the story. I actually just preached the same message, not uh, same text, not same message in Auburn. For which of you, wishing to build a farm building, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see whether he has sufficient means to finish it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is unable to complete the building, all who see it will begin to mock and jeer at him. Let me tell you something tonight, friend. I have counted the cost... And I see that the means are sufficient And I'm going to build What God told me to build I'm going to build The kingdom of God Because without God I don't even have the means To build a house anyway God put me on a mission And I I know there's people in this room Because I've been coming here long enough That God has put you on a mission You've counted the cost But we as a church body Have to say Lord Lord I will not be indifferent to you. I will be indifferent to everything else. What what is the word indifferent? It's it's a lack of interest. It's just an apathy, right? What do I have indifference towards? Golf. Can't swing a club. I don't hate golf, but I ain't playing it. Right? In other words, I don't hate God, but I'm not going to church either i got other things I could be doing. You know, it's amazing to me because COVID really... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? COVID really shaped a lot of people in the body of Christ today. Still, uh, just like they said, hey, you don't need to go to church. Church isn't important. You can watch online. And now today, three years later, now that you're allowed to go to church, your same mindset is, eh, I don't have to go to church. I can watch online. Yeah. Yeah. My, one of my buddies said this, and it was powerful. He said, okay, if you're allowed to stay at home and do church online, next time it's time for you to go on vacation, you want to go to the beach, you need to go in your living room turn on your flat screen, put a picture of the beach on that big flat screen, dump some sand in the middle of your living room pull out a beach chair and sit there and call that vacation.
1: Come on. No
0: one in their right mind would do that. Yet we Jay do that Dad. with church every single wow. week. No one in their right mind would do that and call that vacation. Amen. But we do that at home and call that church.
1: Wow. I mean, church.
0: Mm. Mm. And you were doomed by religious people to say, hey brother, how many of you know that church is not about a building, man? We are the church. And in essence, you are the body of Christ. But the truth is the Bible clearly teaches us do not forsake the assembling together as you see the day approaching. That's why uh, when COVID happened, overdoses went up like a, who knows how much, a hundred percent. Because they said, hey, no one come in here. You don't need community. You need to stay at home. Just watch whatever you're doing on a phone or on a laptop. Overdoses went through the roof. Suicide went through yep. the roof. Why? Because you were made for community. Right. You were made to belong to the body of Christ. And, and, and I'm talking about preachers that get up and preach that have lost their mind. Yeah. I already know I've lost mine, so you ain't got to argue with me on that.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: (laughs) He said there should. He said there should be a indifference towards everything else in your life when it compares to God. Everything else should be indifferent. If people, you know, if people measured you right now by your life and say, what do they love more than anything else in their life? Not by what you say, by your good intentions, by your Facebook post. Oh, I love God. What's that mean? I I said this the other night. That's like all those people you put, you put a post on social media and everyone says praying with their hand clap emoji. It's not a praying hand. It's a high five. Amen. Let me enlighten you. None of those people are actually praying frame brother it should be a attitude towards God that God I love you more than anything else in my life I love your church more than anything else you know and that's amazing people say God's not coming back or, or Jesus It's not about a church. It's not about a building. Jesus is not coming back for individuals. He's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for a church. A body of believers. And we'll we'll be caught up together. Raptured with Him. Right? Why? Because He's preparing a supper. A marriage supper. To say, hey, I'm about to gather my bride and we're going to go have a meal. Revelation three says this. It says, "I would rather you be hot or cold, but instead you're lukewarm or you're, you're apathetic. You're not on fire for God. There, there has to be. Why, why do I do what I do? Because I'm I'm on, I'm, I'm on fire. I, I don't I don't I'm not doing nothing else. I'm on fire for the Lord. Amen." And God wants to set you on fire to do something for his kingdom, to to help build the church, to help build the body of Christ. But you have to say, yes, you have to say, Lord, my life is yours. What, What do you need me to do? I stand for revival alone. I don't stand for anything else. It's either revival or nothing. And I know that a lot of church people have have made revival. It's like a special service. Revival is not a special service. Revival is not just something that you put on your social media graphic. Revival is something that you carry and that you live in.
1: That
0: that, that you are in a constant burning state for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said there will be ten virgins. And they all have lamps. And then some of them will say, hey, the bridegroom is being patient about coming back. So we're going to go ahead and take a nap. And all of a the sudden there's a shout that says, hey, everyone wake up. The bridegroom is coming. Yeah. And the Bible says that five of them had oil in their lamps and that their lamps were burning. And the other five said, hey, uh, we, we don't have any oil. Can we borrow some of yours? Friend, let me tell you, when Jesus comes, the Bible says when Jesus returns, he will come like a thief in the night. And the Bible also says, don't listen to those mockers that say, hey, life is going to continue as it always has. If Jesus is coming back, then why hasn't he came? He says, do not listen to a message like that because there is coming a day. Very soon, when Jesus is going to split the sky, and some people are not going to be ready. They're not going to be ready. And they're going to say, hey, pastor, can I get some of your oil? You don't get my oil. You better have your own oil. You better have your own flame. You better have your own fire. John the Baptist said this, and I was thinking about this all the way down. They're going to say, oh, he's preaching about that fire again. friend." let me tell you something. You have me in five years from now. I'm going to preach the same message every time that you see me, that you must be a carrier of the fire of God. You must be somebody. African preacher said Lord dip me in the kerosene of thy spirit and set me ablaze that I may burn for you that I may burn for you John the Baptist came on the scene and he prophesied and said I baptize you with water but there's one coming after me whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to lose when he comes he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire why am I telling you all this? Because I'm telling you, I know some of you. I, I, And I, you know, I've been around a little bit. Maybe not as much as a lot of people, but I can tell you this. If you don't catch what I'm getting, you are being lulled to sleep. That's right. And eventually you're, there won't be a church where you're at. That's right. You know how many churches I've been in? We want revival. We want the fire of God. And then they they have revival and then the fire of God comes. And then they say, hey, that was a great time, but we don't want that anymore. Those churches are non-existent. They're non-existent. I was in a meeting. And this is what I've been told. Listen, before I was even... Bare, I was barely saved, I think. I don't even know if I was saved at this point. <laughs> really barely sad. saved. I was going to revival
1: meetings. My friend
0: Scott, that, he, that Tim referenced, he did 66 days of revival straight. Two wow. meetings a day. 10 a.m., 7 p.m. No days off. Mm. If the foot soldiers weary you, how can you run with horses?
1: Come on.
0: Brother, that service went three hours. I mean, I'm tired, man. It's a Saturday. (laughs) We got to get up tomorrow for church. Brother, I'm going to drive home three and a half hours. I'm going to get home. You don't know what time I've been to bed every night in the last three nights, about 2 a.m. And then I get up and go to church. been in church every morning almost this week. And when I wasn't in church, I was probably somewhere preaching in a church. Amen. I was, in, I was going to those services out in uh, my church, my pastors, the leadership, they called me into a meeting. They said, Hey, we want to know what's happening to you at that revival. So you should come. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I began to tell them what was happening to me. And this is the response always it's, Well, let me tell you something, brother. Re- they, they treat revival like it's a fad, Yeah. yeah. comes and goes. Now let's get, you know, that that's like, you know, you're, you're watching a TV show. Quick commercial comes on and says, now back to your regular scheduled programming.
1: That's
0: how people, church people treat revival. Mm. Revival is the commercial. Now let's get back to our regular yeah. schedule of what we did there. Mm. That's for- yeah. Wow. Commercial's over. Uh, let's move on to what's really important. Worship pastor comes and says, Hey, brother, I just want you to know this revival stuff doesn't last forever. Now, I told you I was barely saved. I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, I don't even know what the word revival means. So whatever that means, I'll figure it out later. But at this point in my life, I just know I'm being changed. I know I'm being touched by the power of God. So whatever you're saying, I have no idea. But now, today, I do know. And I've had people tell me recently, uh, every service can't be evangelistic. So you're telling me that every service isn't about souls. Every service can't be evangelistic. Every service can't be about revival. We have to build a church. Uh, Okay. Hmm. If you build a house, you would go and look at blueprints. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're going to build a church, you would look at what? Blueprints. Yeah. And if you looked at Acts chapter 2. (laughs) Amen. How did they build a church?
1: Went to the upper room. Well, we got go to do shorter
0: services. We got to do multiple services and shorter services to get more people in and out because our parking doesn't hold enough people. So we have to round them in and round them out like they're cattle or something. We got to get them through the, through, through the church of McDonald's drive-thru. Give them their happy meal and send them on their way. The blueprint is this. John the Baptist prophesied "I'm There's one coming after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus literally came on the scene. Acts chapter 1, the Bible says Jesus was crucified, buried, resurrected, and then he showed himself alive after his passion. He spent 40 days with his disciples. Breaking bread with them and spending time with them. Teaching them and demonstrating things to them from the kingdom of God. Go read it yourself. Acts chapter 1. And this is what he said. He looked at his disciples and he said, Now go and wait and tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Of which you have heard me speak. You will be baptized not many days from now with the Holy Ghost and fire. And in Acts chapter 2, 10 days in an upper room, what started with 500 people dwindled down to 120. But the Bible says, when they were with one mind and one accord and pressing into God, that all of a the sudden there came a sound like that of a rushing mighty wind that began. the blueprint. Yeah. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost yeah. Yeah. because they were accused of being drunk. Yeah. These, men are, these men are drunk. Peter stood, the Bible says Peter stood up and said, these men are not drunk. Yeah. For it's only 9 a.m. They must have never been to Western Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> on. It's only 9 a.m. He said these men are these men are drunk. He said no, not as ye suppose, but they were drunk. Just not as you suppose. Now listen, I've been around a lot of drunk people. They can be some of the most annoying people to be around. Amen? They either love you, another man trying to kiss you. I don't know
1: about all that. I
0: love you, brother. It's like, dude, we met like three minutes ago. I don't know who you are. I know, but I love you. Or they're very angry, want to fight, right? He said, these men are drunk. They're intoxicated. He said, no, not as ye suppose. He said, this is that which was prophesied. Hear me, hear me. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on men servants and maidservants of life, on my sons and daughters. For the old will dream dreams and the young will see visions. If 2,000 years ago was the last days, what time is it right now? If 2,000 years ago was the last days, what time is it right now? We are in the final ticks of the clock. You know what the Bible says? When Jesus returns, it will be like that from the days of Noah. They will be eating and drinking, making merry, and giving themselves in marriage. What will they be doing? Making excuses and going along in life like they always have. And then Jesus will come and split the sky and people will not be ready. I'm here to prepare a bride to be ready for his coming. You must be ready for his coming. You must be ready for his coming. I think some people are waiting on like Donald Trump to split the sky or something. Our Savior.
1: Mr. Trump.
0: (laughs) Some people have more... News outlets memorize about what's happening with Trump right now than you do have scriptures memorized in a Bible. Should I tell them that? Should I tell them that? Donald Trump is not our Savior. And we know for sure it ain't Joe Biden. Amen.
1: It's
0: not about a tea party. Not about a tea party. Because God's listen to me, let me help you tonight with some great theology. Number one, God is not an American. Number two, God is not a Republican. Number three, we know for sure he ain't no Democrat. Because God was never interested in a tea party. He was interested in a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost.
1: Amen? Amen.
0: I, I was reading the scripture earlier. It says this. It says, Jesus will come like a thief in the night. First, first I think it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Jesus will come like a thief in the night. But it says, to those of us who live in the light, he will not come like a thief because we will be ready. Because yeah. yeah. we don't live in the dark. Glory. The only person that lets a thief break in and steal is the man that doesn't know that the thief is coming. He's asleep. And all of a sudden the thief shows up because he's not guarding his house. And in the same way Jesus is saying, hey, if you live in the light, your eyes would be open and you would be guarding your house. You would be guarding your family. You would be carding your children. You would be carding your community. You would be carding your church. You would be carding that which you're connected to. But instead we're asleep. And Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. I was doing prison ministry a couple weeks ago. Me and Phil. I literally was ministering. There was two homosexuals in the back. Now let me tell you something. I've seen... We've been doing the prison ministry for about, probably about eight months. The most people we see coming to the Lord right now are homosexuals and sex offenders.
1: Wow, hallelujah.
0: Homosexuals and sex offenders. And I'm not saying I know what to do with them. I don't, but I know someone who does, Holy Ghost. i bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and then let the Holy Ghost figure it out. I literally walk in the back. There's two homosexuals sitting in the back. They're mocking me. I can tell. Um, so I walk back there, and I'm not the type of guy that just lets someone mock me. I'm telling you, right? I'm from the kingdom, but I am from the south side. The
1: I'll still knock the devil upside the head if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <You're coming. laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, I knew I'd get them West Kentucky people fired up. They're ready to knock someone in the head tonight. Yeah. Amen. They came in tonight like, Lord, give me some Jesus before I knock someone's head off their shoulders. <laughs> but let me tell you something. God is looking for people like you. He's looking for Somebody sent me this a long time ago. It says the word contend means to agonize. It is the spirit of true agony which possesses one who is contending. You want to know how you're contending? Because things agonize your spirit. Did you know that the Bible says that when Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, that his soul was vexed? He was in anguish by the things that he saw, the things that he heard. Now hear me. I live in the same world you live in. The things you hear, I hear. The things you see, I see. And I'm bet, But I'm not sitting around complaining, wondering when we're going to get a political savior. I'm saying, Lord, fill me with your fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. And then I'm going to go and do something about it. You know you're contending when you're agonized by the things that you see and hear around you. Listen to what it says. Agony of spirit. And love for the gospel should be in the heart of every believer. If you're not agonized by what's going on in the world, you need to get right with God. You need to get saved.
1: You (laughs)
0: do. I'm going to let you preach. Bill, come here. He's ready. Listen to me. Contending means to fight while standing on the very thing being assaulted. Come on. Let me say that again. Yeah. Contending means to fight while standing on the very thing being assaulted. Listen, when I tell you these stories about what people say to me and things I hear from preachers and all this other stuff, I don't hate them. But I'm going to stand on the thing that's being assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know why? Because I love God. Yeah. Yeah. I honor God more than I honor man. 1 yeah. 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 Samuel chapter 2 says this those who I will or God says this, I will honor those who honor me, but those who lightly esteem me, I will treat with contempt. Now, let me let me help you. I'm I'm, I'm giving you something good tonight. What most of you are going to deal with in life as a Christian is not hate. It's indifference.
1: The opposite
0: of love is not hate. You're not going to have people that come up to you and say, hey, I hate you. I hate God. I hate the church. You might have a few. But guess what? It's easier to deal with when you actually know that people hate you, at least for me, because I know who's head on and knock off their shoulders. <laughs> Amen? So it, 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 it's not the hate that hurts you. It's the indifference. It's the people that just say, hey, I don't hate God. I don't hate you. I don't hate the church. But, hey, have fun doing what you're doing. Appreciate you, though. Yeah.
1: It's
0: indifference. Yeah. So to contend is to stand on the thing that is being assaulted. It means to stand against all who undermine it. It's all through the Bible. Joseph stood for his conviction. He stood for his dream. Who were the people that came against him? His own family. Sold him out. Took his... Took his coat, took his took his coat of many colors, which was a representation of his favor. You know why people are indifferent towards you, why they hate you? Because they hate the thing that's on you. They see it on you, and they say, "Who do you think you are? Do you think you're holier than me?" Yeah. Next time someone says you think you're holier than me, just say, "Yes, I do. Yes, I do." Because the Holy Ghost lives
1: on me. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's what they want you to say.
0: Okay, but so don't back down and say, "No, brother, no, I'm humble, man. I, I love you." No, because when you carry the thing that God has put in you for your generation, the people that claim that they love you will be the ones that come against it. Who do you think you are having a Bible study in a hair salon? You're not a pastor. Because I've been around you long enough to know that you're undermined. Mm -hmm. You're thought less than Uh because you're not doing what they do. Uh But guess what? You're doing greater things than they do. I said you're doing greater things than they do. You're doing greater things than they do. So you have to be willing to stand. David came. He got told by his dad, hey, take your brother some lunch. Jimmy John's. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Take him some sandwiches. Right? Amen? He
0: shows up with some sandwiches, and this is all David said. Hey, who's that giant over there defying our God? His brothers looked at him and said, who do you think you are? Did you come out here to see the fight?
1: What are they
0: talking about? They've been standing there for 40 days, not doing jack squat. The people that criticize you are the people that are not doing jack squat. They're You have twelve, or you have twenty-four players on the field, in desperate need of rest, being criticized by a hundred thousand fans, in desperate need of exercise.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. How he missed
0: that tackle! I would have got that No, you wouldn't. Uh,
1: uh, how uh, how you I thought, You ever
0: watched like Ninja Warrior, something like that? You know what I'm talking about, where they're doing all the crazy things, like jumping and grabbing that, and they slip and fall, off, and in your mind you think. I could have made that.
1: <laughs> you, know, you, couldn't
0: have. you really couldn't. Even Tim, he's like, I could have done that.
1: <laughs> it's the
0: truth. And what happens a lot of times is we allow ourselves to be sidelined by people who don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, maybe I don't know what I'm doing out here on this field. Maybe I'll just go sit on the sideline and let someone else find No, David said no. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I'm fighting for my generation. I'm fighting for my generation. That's good. You know, Shay said that you know we're going into public school systems, which we are. Yeah. You know, and I I I say this all the time, and I'll ask you. Let me ask you. What don't they want in school systems right now? Prayer. Prayer and Bible. Prayer. Jesus. Okay. My next okay, question man. is this. Who told you mm. that? on! I'm not hearing anybody. Who told you that? Mm. I want to know. God. Who? God. Media. Media,
1: Media. media. Yeah.
0: media. You want to know what media it was, though? Christian media.
1: Mm. Right. Oh.
0: These godless schools, these liberals, these leftists. No, you want to know what the problem is? It's not that public schools won't let us in. Is God can't find anyone that will fight.
1: Oh, wow. I said God can't find anyone that will fight. Come on. Yeah.
0: When's the last time you've been to a school board meeting and said, hey, my kid goes to this school. I'm going to hear what you have to say. And when they say something, you stand up and say, hey, we ain't doing that. That's
1: right. Yeah. Wow.
0: Why am I telling you this? I'm not saying this to knock on you because I used to think the same way. I used to think. When I told the story here. When the door opened up to us to go into the schools, yeah. in my mind, I thought, this is impossible. Why? Because they don't want me in here. They don't want to hear what I have to say. They they, they don't want this. You know all that was? That was a taunt from a giant, yeah. the Goliath of this world. That was saying, hey, yeah. you come over here. I'm going to treat you. Like I was a dog. You're a stick and a stone and I'll throw you around like a rag doll. And in your mind, you think if you go after the thing that God spoke to you, that you're going to get thrown around like a rag doll. But I prophesy over you in this room tonight. Yeah. You're not going to be the one that gets thrown around like a rag doll. You're going to pull out a stone and a stone. And you are going to take the truth. No, I took his head off. Took his head off. We went into the schools. I told the story. God I know some of you may not have heard it. I don't have time to go through all of it. God opened up the doors. We went in. And in my mind I'm thinking, when is this gonna end? So the first six weeks we're in this alternative school. We're getting about six or seven boys. Me and Phil go in once a week. We get 40 minutes. So here we are sitting here teaching them about Jesus, but I did not. Wasn't any Bibles. They didn't even know what I was teaching them. Come on. Just like they teach your kids about homosexuality, transgender, yeah. tr- transgenderism. You don't know what they're teaching them. Right. Yeah. So if they're allowed to do that, how come I can't do that?
1: Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Totally
0: so about six weeks in me and phil are leaving and there's a nice dressed guy there standing there and i walked by i haven't seen before and i go to shake his hand hi how are you he said hey how are you he said uh i said i'm cody he said hi i'm principal hibbett oops didn't mean to say his last name but oh well he likes me (laughs) he said said, hey uh you got a minute i'd like to have a meeting with you and I, i i just looked at phil and in my head i'm thinking well let me help you today. I've never been invited to the principal's office for any good
1: reason.
0: It's always, hey, you're getting suspended. Get out of here. Right? So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Phil's been a good run. He's gonna he's found out we're talking about the Lord. He's gonna say, hey, you can't do that. We love what you're doing for these kids, but you can't bring religion into the schools. So we go in, we sit down, the teacher or the principal starts to talk. He opens up the conversation. This is what he says. He says, I've been doing this for 13 years. He said, I came to this school because I wanted to help young people. He's a young guy. He's probably in his early 40s. Maybe. Young guy. He said, I wanted to help young people. He said, I'm a Christian. And I thought, keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm a Christian. He said, I've seen what you guys have been doing coming into the schools. And he began to go over some things with me where he was telling me like he was in church as a young man, was a part of a, a, a ministry called Young Life. You know, they're everywhere. Uh, got hurt in the church, hasn't been in the church for 10 years, but still loves God. He's like, you know, just at this point in my life, I don't have the ability to do that, but I love what you guys are doing. He said, this is what I want to offer you. He said, I want to give you access to my building as much as you want. It.
1: Hallelujah.
0: He said, if you want to come in every day of the week, you could come in every day of the week. Now, I would love to go in every day of the week, but and maybe there will come a day when I do. But, you know, Jesus said this. He said... The harvest is ripe,
1: but the labors
0: are few. If I asked every, you know, not in here, but like back at home, because you don't live with near me, If I asked someone in a church of 500 people and said, how many of you want to do something for God? The whole room would say you raise their hand and scream and shout. And then you'd say, okay, I'm going to do a volunteer sign up for you to come into schools with me. You know what people would do? Uh, I just bought a piece of property, man. You go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I just bought all these oxen. I just bought a new car. You know, I, I got this job that I do. And I just, I don't have time for that. You know, I just got married. I'm taking care of my kids. They would make excuses. So he says, hey, I'll give you access. You can have up to two hours at a time at the most, which two hours is a long time. I yeah. don't just have a revival in there the me. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: if you're spending two hours with uh, seven, like, 15-year-olds, you need revival or, or you know, or, <laughs> or sanity, one of the two. <laughs> so, now he starts telling me how to do all this uh, curriculum. He's like, if you create a curriculum, you know, boom, 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 you can do this stuff. You can come in We'll get you basically monetized. We would pay you to come in and we could get you in other schools. And I thought, man, that's pretty amazing. Yes. So I leave. I, I send him a text and I said, hey, do you mind if I bring all the students new Bibles in next week? He said, yeah, that's fine. So here we are the following week, sitting in the class with about seven kids. Got all of our Bibles out on the table, teaching them about Jesus. You know who I'm teaching them about? I'm not teaching them about how to how to obeys a young kid. I'm teaching them about the Holy Ghost. Come on. The Holy Ghost is the only thing given to the church. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those people are shaking and stuff. I don't know about all that, brother. Oh, shut up.
1: <laughs> There's a lot
0: of churches you can go to where they don't shake, they don't fall, they don't cry, they don't laugh. They just sit there like a bump on a log. they look like a, a cemetery headstone. <laughs> you, can go to, you can find churches like that all over your community. But That's not the kind of church that I'm building. I'm helping to build a church that is red hot on fire for God. I'm helping to build a church that is alive, that is powerful. So what happens next is we're sitting there. We got the Bibles out, teaching about the Holy Ghost. And so I asked him, I said, hey, do you think I could uh, invite these kids to a church camp? And he said, yeah. So, okay, hey, we go in, we get one kid that bites and says, hey, I'll come to the church camp. His name's Bryce, 15 year old kid. Mother died from a drug overdose. Uh, never met his father, and his lives uh, <coughs> with his grandparents. Comes to church camp. Now, it's one thing to sit at a table with some kids and read the Bible. You know, the word of God does not return void. It accomplishes it. You know, you have to sow the word. You sow the word. You sow. Why would I preach every night? Because you have to sow the word. You have to get it in full. You have to get them full. You have to get them on fire. You have to let the word begin. The, the Bible says that his word is like a fire. That it consumes all that cannot withstand the test. It says his word is like a hammer. Breaking up the stubborn hearts and the resistance in people. Why don't we quote the scripture? Why don't we preach the scripture? To knock that hard heartedness off of your life. So you will begin to open yourself up and
1: receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. So.
0: Now. He's at the camp. He got about 80 kids. And now the people are falling and shaking and doing all that stuff. And you can tell he's looking like, what in the heck is this? So, I, you
1: know,
0: I forget sometimes what it was like when I first got saved. You know, I'd be standing at the altar. People come up, start praying for us, Start like blowing on you, Like, brother, what are you doing? Here? Why are you blowing on me? <laughs>
1: Holy Spirit breath. <laughs> I don't know, it. No. Now I looked over and someone's
0: falling on the ground, I'm thinking, okay, I, um, I don't know what that works.
1: For.
0: Uh, sometimes I forget, but you just got to look back and say, hey, okay, I guess I get
1: it.
0: You know, the funniest thing is that when people, you know, the, the thing with people falling, let me help you with this. It's not about falling, but it's not about resisting either. I've told this story about the young man that came up here, and he came, it's when you come with the mindset no matter what that preacher does, I will not fall on the ground.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: because here's what you think you think it's the preacher. It's not the preacher, it's God. Yeah. It's the overwhelming power of yes. God. Yes. amen. Yes. Have you ever had such bad news that it literally took everything out of you and you hit the ground? Yeah. You collapsed? Why? Because it was something so detrimental that it overtook you right. and overwhelmed you that you couldn't even stand. Yeah. So, if something evil could do that to you,
1: yeah. Why couldn't something yeah. good do that to you? On. Something good like God. And God that is good, God that is all
0: powerful, that loves you. So, it's not about falling, but it's not about resisting. And most people come and they say, all right, I'll go up, but you're not pushing. I don't want to, some people deserve to be pushed over. <laughs> Very hard. <You> know?
1: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> They'll go
0: to <with> few. <laughs> Amen. You're thinking of people right now. I'd push them over if I had the chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, so... But so here's this kid, and he's looking at this, and he's thinking, and I preached that night. And he's thinking, what the heck is going on? I already knew what he was thinking. Third night comes around. A lady gets up, preaches on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, receiving the power of God, evidence of speaking in tongues. Eighty kids there. Ten kids respond to the call, and he's one of them. He comes up to receive, right? Now, let me tell you something. I, I know people that I want to receive tongues. What, was that one of the simplest things that you'd ever had to happen? You don't know what happens to most Christians? They are overcomplicated. Yeah. yeah. If you, you get around some Christians, like, you've got to tarry for that. I, I've talked to people and they said, I've been trying to get it for three years. Well, you listened to the wrong person. Amen.
1: Yes. No.
0: Amen. You didn't see one person come out of the upper room and say, Well, everyone else got it but me. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, they all got it. Yeah.
0: Because they were all open, yeah. they were all yielding, yeah. they were all surrendered. And so when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you what happened to me. It a, a preacher preached on Acts chapter two, and at this point, I knew what you knew. People blow on you. We uh, people speak in languages that I've never heard, and I'm thinking I do not know what this is. But the first time, here's what I did. I made up my mind the first time that I heard it out of the Bible, because yeah. I've already made up my mind. God, I want everything that says I can have it. Why have you made up in your mind, God? I only want some of that. I don't want all of it, I just want some of it. Never did that with the devil. They preached on Acts chapter 2, and I this is what I told the Lord. Lord, I don't understand all that, but whatever that is, if it's in the Bible, I want that. And I came up, I began to pray in English, and the preacher came up to me and said, Hey, quit praying in English, because this is what happens. You get around Pentecostals, you go to pray for them, they love to talk. <laughs> They can't quit praying. They can't, can't quit talking. But you've been praying and been talking. and there ain't nothing happened yet. So why not just receive what you've been crying out for, receive it, and let it take place? Amen? And so I, I'm up there. He said, quit praying. He said, I'm going to lay hands on you, and then the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to speak language that you've not known. And that's exactly what happened. It was simple. It was easy. I took it in on the ground, and I thought, all right, now I'm do." So that kid comes up, a 15-year-old kid comes down and lays his hand on his stomach. Not me, not the preacher. A 15-year-old kid comes down, another 15-year-old puts his hand on his stomach, receives the Holy Spirit, begins yes. to speak in tongues. Yes. So, you know, and, and, and then what happened, that was a teen camp. So what, what happened next is the, my friend who runs the teen camp, they said, Hey, why don't you... Uh, so it wasn't looking promising. I literally just got a text while we were sitting here and, uh, from my buddy from the team camp. And he said, he just talked to Bryce's dad. He said, we're going to go meet with the principal tomorrow at the school. And we're going to get, it's going you know, it's going to, look, and here's the thing. It's going to cost. And I'm not telling you it costs because I need money. Listen, when I come here, if you think I come here because I need an offering, that ain't what it is. I wouldn't bring four people with me if I need an offering. I come by myself. i got to feed these guys. I hey, I, I live with them. I know how they eat. Phil was like, "We're not eating before we go in." I was like, "No." He's like, "I'm going next door to eat, and I'll be in service, and then we'll go eat after." They like to eat, amen. So it's gonna cost us like seven hundred bucks a month to send this kid to, to school. But, but that 700, I, why? Because here's what happens. If you'll begin to put your faith out and believe for the seed, God will send the money. God will send the provision. And so we, we put our faith out, and they're going to meet, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that kid... A kid that we sat in an alternative school with, whose mom died from a drug overdose, whose father is not present, and saying, we sat here and taught him the word of God, got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to get him in a Christian academy so that his life will change. That's so good. You know what I want to do this year when we go back in? I'm going to find another one.
1: Yeah. And then I'm gonna find another one. And then I'm going to find another one. Yes. Amen.
0: I asked the principal at the end of the year. I said, "Hey, can we have a teachers' luncheon for you guys to bless you?" See, anybody in here a teacher in a school? Anybody? You know anyone that teaches in schools? Yeah, yeah. A few people. Okay, I'm sure I you've know. heard some crazy. You know, listen to me. I, you know, high school for me was like 15 years ago. I was an alternative school kid. I know how rough of a kid I was. I would go into school. I would sleep, listen to music, get up and skip, come in high, leave, cuss at the teachers, do whatever I wanted. Now, things haven't gotten better in the schools. They've gotten worse,
1: All right? Yes. right? Yes.
0: <laughs> Nowadays, teachers are afraid to catch a lawsuit.
1: Because
0: yes. if you say something wrong, these kids can do whatever they want, and you can't do anything about it. Mm. So imagine being a teacher in the day and age in which we live and what they have to deal with. you think they go home encouraged? No. Mm-mm. No. They go home discouraged, weighed down, bogged down by the, the the craziness that these kids are dealing with because they don't have parents in the home. Right. They don't have responsible people over their lives that will help. Amen? Yeah. So I, I asked the principal, I said, hey, could we do a teacher's luncheon at the school? He said, yeah, we could do that. I said, all right. So this past Tuesday, we go in there. We, we buy them in. Uh, lunch, Make lunch for them, put it out. About 15 teachers come in. Now, you know, I, I used to have the same mindset as you. People don't want to hear the gospel. The moment the wrong teacher finds out, they're going to put in a complaint. They're going to tell on me, superintendent, something will happen. They're going to say, hey, you got to get out of here, right? So what happened was, we're sitting in that meeting. And... Uh, they eat about 30 minutes. There's about 15 students. It's me and Phil and my wife, his wife, and a couple other people. Well, we had Bryce come, the kid that got changed. I got up and talked for 10 minutes. Now, it was the shortest sermon I've ever preached. Some of you are thinking, man, you should have preached that sermon tonight.
1: <laughs>
0: 10 minutes. Get us in and out of here. Amen. <laughs> So I have him get up and I just say, share what's happened to you over the summer. What's happened? You know, when he went to the teen camp and he filled out the application to come, uh, they told me, they said, this is what he wrote on the application for teen camp. They said, a priest came to my school and fed us (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Holy chicken. And I'm a holy priest. Amen. They said this priest comes to an, into our school and gives us chick play. I'm the priest, amen.
1: They're they a lot worse than the priest, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, they're so cute.
0: Oh, so, I, I'm just telling this is what I told the teachers. I said, Listen, I said, The reason that I'm here is because I want to make your job easier. I said, When we come in this year, we're going to make your job easier. We're going to do whatever we have to do. I said, Give me all your worst kids, bring them into class with me, and let me help them. So I have Bryce get up, and he just starts talking. I said, share with them what happened. Because, and you've got to think, he's only been safe for like two months, three months, four months at this point. He doesn't know anything about anything. He doesn't. So we've been indoctrinated. Yes. yes. We've been indoctrinated. I'm talking about they don't want God in schools. I'm telling you, you no. Know, you may say, I'm bold, I have the fire. But when you go into a school, the first thing that hits your mind when you start talking about Jesus is, when is someone going to try to stop me?
1: Yeah. Because you've
0: been indoctrinated. Mm. Yeah. He just gets up and is just like, yeah, this is what happened. He said, I went to a church camp. He said, I was literally standing there. He said, I began to put my arms up in the air and lift my hands to God. And all the teachers are just staring at him like, he got He's like, and then he said, I had them up for like an hour and never put them down. He said, then the, the preacher uh, came and he started to pray over me. And he said, Bryce, uh. You're like that guy in the Bible. And he looked at me like, that one guy. And I was like, Moses. He said, yeah. He said, my arms were up like Moses. This is yeah. what he's telling the teachers. Wow. He said, and he said, God's going to send you spiritual fathers that will hold your arms up. That when the battle gets hard,
1: they're going to help you stand. Yeah.
0: Wow. This point, he's telling this story. And I'm telling you, he has no clue what he's saying. He's just saying what's coming to him. He's telling this story. There's not, there's not one dry eye. In the room. Every teacher is weeping. As he's telling this story. I let him tell the story. I get back up and I say. Now let me ask you a question. I said of all you teachers in this room. I said I have a question for you right now. You're not right with God. I said if you were to die today. This was your last day. on earth. Do you know where you would spend eternity? You know in your heart right now. You need to get right with Jesus Christ. I said everyone bow your heads. And close your eyes. You Mm -hmm. want to know what they did? Not that, because they're not from church. They just stared at me like. I thought, well, this is a real revival altar call. No one bowed their heads. No one closed their eyes. And I'm like, all right, tried it. It didn't work. (laughs) Bow your head, close your eyes. They're just staring at me. I said, you're not right with God, but you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ. I said, if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up right now. There was one teacher sitting in the back. Some of you follow me on Facebook. Go look at the pictures. One teacher in the back, she begins to cry, and she begins to lift her hand up. And as she begins to lift her hands, the other teachers in the room begin to hit each other, and they begin to lift their hands. Wow. wow. To give their hearts to Jesus.
1: Hallelujah. Friend,
0: God is not held to a school building. Come on. God is not held to a church building. God can be preached wherever you go. Because this generation is hungry and desperate. Even teachers, even people that you think there ain't no way. There ain't no way. They'll begin to lift their hands. When you bring the message of the gospel, they'll begin to say, I need that in my life. I need that hope. I need Jesus. I'm to surrender their hearts. And I just said, now I'm going to pray for every one of you. And I just bless them. Lord, I bless these teachers. I pray you protect them this year. Yeah. We're going to see kids changed. Yeah. A church may not let me come in and preach revival. But guess what? I'll have one in the school.
1: Yeah. Amen. 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 It, come on.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, when I, right before I walked in there that morning, the teacher that got me in was a caseworker. She, she's left the school and got a new job. She emailed me that morning. She said, hey, I took a new job, which I knew she was going to do, at this high school 30 minutes away. She said, "Today, tomorrow's my first day of work. She says, here's all your volunteer forms. She said, I'm going to talk to all the staff today about bringing you into the school to do the same thing that we did at the alternative school so that you can do in our high school. When I walked into the luncheon, the new counselor said, hey, I was on the phone today with the the, the counselor over at uh, another middle school. And she knows about you because you went there. And she said, uh, hey, is there any way that you guys can send him over to us, to our school, so he can do the same thing? Why? Because when you contend, you stand for the very thing that's being assaulted. Now, you may think that your children are being pumped with homosexuality, indoctrinated with transgenderism. But I know a generation that's about to be indoctrinated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got a call uh, two weeks ago, me and Josh, in uh, three weeks. I got a call to go preach in a school in Las Vegas. We need you to come preach in our school. Got another call going to, to revival meetings in West Virginia. He said, Hey, when you come to do the revival meetings, we're gonna have we're gonna get you in the school. Amen. Come on. Amen. You wanna know why? Because I never told God that I was too busy. That's yes, right. I
1: didn't
0: tell God, hey, I have many things I need to do. It. You know why I come to a hair salon and do three days at a tent revival? Because I'm not too busy. Amen. And if I am, I'm busy with kingdom things. And I'm gonna, when I'm going to come back, it's because I'm not too busy. I got, I got. There is something that I have to do. It's build the kingdom of God. But more than that, there's something that God has for you to do. And the reason that I'm here is to help you do the thing that God has called you to do. To pray with you. To believe with you. To walk. work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How do you do it? You do it by getting the fire of God. Listen to me. I'm telling you, you have to contend for it. You have to believe for it because everyone's going to tell you the opposite. Hey, you don't need all that. No, you do need all that
1: and more. You need all that in a bag of potato chips. Amen. Amen.
0: 1 Samuel chapter 9. I'm not going to turn there. David made a statement. 2 Samuel 9. He said, Is there no one left still of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both of his feet. His name was Mephibosheth. Some people call him Mephibosheth <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: where you're from, I guess. <laughs> Mephibosheth.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to read it. You don't have to turn there unless you want. Moshi
1: <laughs> Moshibosheth.
0: David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of Jonathan's sake? And of the house of Saul, there was a servant whose name was Ziba. When they had called him to David, he said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, I, your servant, am he. The king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the unfailing, unsought hearing right now? That I may show the unfailing, unsought, unlimited mercy, mercy, and kindness of God. Ziba replied, Jonathan is yet a son who is laying in his feet. And the king said, Where is he? Ziba replied, He is in the house of Machir, son of Emiel and Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, son of Emiel and Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance. I don't believe in the people falling. Well, he fell. David said Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold your servant. David said to him, Fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul your father, grandfather, and you shall eat at my table always. And the cripple bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the key king called the Zeba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. And you shall till the land for him, you and your sons and your servants. And you shall bring in the produce that your master's heir may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to king, your servant will do according to all my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table as one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah and all who dwelt in Ziba's house were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate continually at the king's table even though he was lame in both feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. When Mephibosheth came to the king's table his ailment His weakness, his crippledness was covered. You're in this room tonight and you're like Mephibosheth. You feel the call of God to come sit at the table. But you're too busy looking at your crippledness. But God invites you to that table tonight and says, When you come sit at my table, all of your weakness, all of your sin... Everything that you are, that you struggle with, will be covered at my table. You're in this house tonight, and you're not right with God. If you died this very day, you're not sure where you would spend eternity. You say, Cody, I need to make things right with God in my life. If I died today, I I really am not sure what would happen to me. But, but I want to make things right in my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. You want to come with your crippledness to the table and be covered by the Master tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed, thank you for not being like the teachers.
1: <laughs> if that's you,
0: I just want you to slip your hand up and say, Cody, remember me when you pray tonight. I need to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see hands. Just lift them up if that's you. Just lift your hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Secondly, you're here tonight. You've given your life to the Lord at one point. But you are still crippled in your life. There's just something holding you back from doing what God has called you to do. And you realize that I, I, need to, I, I want to do something for God. I need to do what God's called me to do. But this thing in my life has been holding me back. But you want to come to the table tonight and get that covered in your life. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. Say, Cody, remember me when you prayed tonight. If that's you, you slip your hand up all across the place. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. And last but not least, you're here tonight. You want to help build something for God. You want to help build something for the King of Kings. You want to help build the church. The harvest is right, but the laborers are few. But you want to help build, if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up now and say, Cody, remember me, that's me, I want to help. Thank you, I see hands all over the place. Mm -hmm. If you lifted your hand for any reason tonight, I want you to stand to your feet now and I want you to come to this altar. Come quickly. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give you glory, Lord, for what you're about to do in this room tonight. Come close, Amen. press up close, come close. My friend Lenny said last night. He said you should never, you shouldn't feel indifferent to altar calls. Someone giving their life to the Lord. So, all of heaven rejoices. That's right. Amen. 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 Where's Mark? You guys want to play? There are some of you that raise your hand to get right with God, we're going to pray a prayer, prayer tonight. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, and with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to begin to yield and surrender yourself over to the Lord. Everything's about to change in your life tonight. Everything is about to change in your life tonight. right with God we're going to pray a prayer prayer. I want you to repeat with me tonight it's not just by the words that you repeat but I told you it's by your confession and by believing in your heart that you're made right with God pray with me tonight say dear Lord Jesus come into my heart forgive me of my sins wash me and cleanse me Lord I believe that you died for me you rose again and you're coming back for me Jesus, I give you my life tonight. My whole life. Holy Spirit, change me. Transform me. Do for me
2: what I can't do for myself.
0: Tonight, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you made a decision to recommit your life to God, I'm here to tell you tonight, as a minister of the gospel, by the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, and by the confession of your mouth and believing in your heart, all of your sins have been forgiven, washed clean. You have been made
2: new in Jesus, and you are. A new
0: creation. You are a new individual. You are born again. On your way to heaven. Lift your hands, my brother. Close your
1: Yes, thank you, Lord. God wants to use your life. God
0: wants to use your life. You can't change your past. Same fire that you put on me. I pray right now yes. from the top of his head and the soul yes. of his feet. The things that have been in your mind that yes. you've struggled with, the thoughts about going back, it all gets burnt out right now. Yes. In the name of Jesus, you are about to turn into a new man. Be filled now with the fire of the Holy Ghost from the top
1: of your head to